And welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG. And once again, I'll be getting the lowdown on commercial property in a particular corner of the UK, thanks to the expert guidance of a regional agent leading the way in its radius on demand rankings. This time, we're following in the footsteps of an awful lot of holidaymakers this year and taking a trip to Norfolk, where Arnold's Keys tops the rankings. And I'm very pleased to be joined by its managing partner, Guy Going. Welcome aboard, Guy. Hi. Hi, Jim. Hi. Um, now, um, Arnold's Keys, as we know it, it came together in 2012 through the merger of Arnold's, which I think you were part of and was the you know big in the commercial property side of things, and Keys, which had a number of other specialisms. Can you talk through the journey since that merger um, and just outline the range of services you now offer and where your geographic strongholds are within Norfolk? Sure, sure. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, Arnold's, of which I was part of, as you said, I was commercial property surveyor at Arnold's and I'd been managing partner for a few years uh, prior to 2012. Uh, we were long established in, in Norwich where we offered uh, full service in commercial and residential property uh, and we had two other two other branches. We then merged with Keys uh, in 2012, which was uh, resident, largely a residential property consultancy, uh, but also with Holiday Let's Business up on the North Norfolk coast, which has been, uh, that was targeted as an area we wanted to expand into uh, as Arnold's, and we wanted to uh, to expand into the North Norfolk residential market, which is, has performed very, very strongly. Uh, we now offer a full range of residential, commercial and agricultural property services. The agricultural part came about through a subsequent merger with Ireland's Chartered Surveyors, which have been around uh, since the mid-19th century. And uh, we're, we're now uh, one of the leading agents regionally, uh, leading agents and surveyors, uh, offering a um, full range of property services in those three principal sectors. Okay, great. Um, and are you Norfolk born and bred or are you an adopted son? No, no, I am. Uh, I am Norfolk, born and bred. Uh, I'm uh, pleased to say that, that that I got out for a little while. I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I went to school in Essex and uh, and uh, Bristol Poly. So uh, I, uh, I've had a, I've had a, a look further afield. I also worked in London for a short while. Um, and then the experiences you get from other parts of the pro- uh, of the country are very important to um to bring back to the the Norwich and Norfolk region. Sure. Okay. Um, one of the interesting things about Norfolk and in fact, probably the broader east of England region is that whenever you look at the rankings for who's doing the most deals, it tends to be the regional independence. Um, <laughs> what do you think that they're getting right that, you know, the larger national chains perhaps aren't? Um, it, it, certainly in, in, in Norfolk, we've been we've been quite fortunate not to have too much uh, uh, or in commercial property, not to have too much um, pressure from from national agents uh, there. When I first arrived here in the in the early 90s, um, Drivers Jonas were, were the leading commercial uh, surveying firm. Uh, they've subsequently gone and obviously um, merged with Deloitte's uh, since then. Um, but there are, you know, there are others who sort of look in and they they service um, the Norfolk area, partly from Cambridge, where there's a number of national players, um, but also from London, where we are less than two hours from London. Sure. OK. Um, so Norfolk, what would you say is its kind of key um, or its USP, you know, that differentiates it from the kind of neighbouring counties? Um, I think I think um, traditionally its key USP is it's the fir- it's the first area that actually looks to itself for all of its services. So Norwich being the hub of the hub of the county, which is a large rural hinterland with a, with, with many industries. Um, as you come up the uh, up the East Coast railway line through um, Chelmsford, Colchester, Ipswich, etc., all of those areas 
tend to sort of look towards London um, mm. for their for their services and their cultural offering. But by the time you get to, to Norwich, it looks to itself where there's a very strong um, service sector in a, in a whole range of professions uh, and also a very, very strong uh, cultural offering. I think that Norfolk's time has, has definitely arrived. It was about 20 years ago that a well-known uh, or locally well-known um, stockbroker said to me, he said, well, of course, Guy, uh, Norfolk is the next Gloucestershire. And I remember <laughs> scratching my head for many weeks after that, wondering what he was on about. Um, but, it, you know, it, we've now become a very, very popular place for second homeowners, uh, for people um, commuting to, to London, much the same as Gloucestershire did, connected probably when uh, Prince Charles set up home in Gloucestershire and Prince William, of course, has set up home in Norfolk. Um, so perhaps uh, that man was was right. This is the the new the the, the next Gloucestershire. But uh, things are performing very well. Uh, the pandemic has actually caused um, a lot of those reasons to be accelerated, and it's a very very popular place to 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 live, to holiday, and to and increasingly to work. Okay. Um, now the um, main reason we're talking is because you currently lead the way in this year's radius rankings for Norfolk, um, both in number of deals, uh, 38, and transacted space, um, just over 220,000 square feet so far. Um, What are the use types and occupier types that have been particularly strong this year? Um, we do. We've, we've been fortunate to to have uh, you know some quite important warehouse lettings um, that have gone on largely due to uh, factors such as increasing online retailing, uh, driving demand for warehousing, uh, and also an element of Brexit stockpiling. Um, and so as the as the southeast and the M25 gets more congested, people are having to look further afield for uh, cost effective storage solutions. Um, so we've 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 done quite well in that sector. Um, we've also, despite many of the national headlines, um, the office market has been relatively buoyant. Uh, we were quite fortunate to deal with the relocation of a major uh, regional uh, insurance broker, and that freed up a number of buildings which we've been successful in selling uh, in the first part of 2021. Um, so it's really by being uh, close to our local market, um, by being, you know, uh, having good connections into the into the world of commerce and the other professions, um, keeping our ear to the ground, and um, most of all, being alert to opportunities. Excellent. Okay. Um, okay. Going back to the industrial side of things, uh, your largest letting of the year so far, it was for a 92,000 square foot unit at the Shipdom Airfield Industrial Estate, um, which is about, I don't know, 10, 15 miles west of Norwich. Um, can you talk a bit about how that came together, who the occupier is and why they chose that location? Yeah, that, that came about. The building had been on the market after, um, you know, a long-standing occupier had, had reorganised themselves probably during the the pandemic or maybe before that uh, had been on the market with another agent um, who uh, funny enough was in the neighboring county um, mm-hmm. and they didn't seem to uh, perhaps have their finger on the pulse as, as we had uh, we placed it on the open market I remember um, scratching my head with my colleague thinking god who on earth is going to take 90 odd thousand square feet in rural Norfolk <laughs> uh, that coincided with matters that I mentioned like Brexit stockpiling um, and it was a company from uh, East London who was seeking to to expand their warehouse offering to to um, to deal with a particular contract uh, so they spread the net further afield um, we we landed the inquiry um, and uh, and secured the letting there were other there were other tenants in the background as well I mean uh, one of the major employers in this part of the world and um, uh, company with a very bright future is Lotus Cars, uh, and that um, down through their supply chain uh, was it was driving demand as well, and has been driving demand. 
so we, we we hope that's going to continue but it was it was really due to you know the pressure of the lack of warehousing um in london and the southeast that caused people to look further afield Cool. Okay. Um, now, um, as anyone who's been to watch their team play at Carrow Road will probably testify, um, Norfolk isn't renowned for brilliant connectivity. Um, has that held the logistics sector back or is there a sense that things are starting to improve in that regard? Um, it, 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 having, having worked in Norwich for 30 odd years, it is, it is now uh, considerably better connected than it once was. I mean, we've got uh, train times to London uh, at less than less than two hours, but the fastest is one hour, 30 minutes. There was a big campaign by the Chamber of Commerce to have Norwich in 90. Uh, so you can get the, the fastest train down there. Uh, there is now a continuous dual carriageway link between Norwich uh, and, the, and, the, and the rest of the trunk road network through the A11, uh, which is an de- important development corridor. Uh, and and beyond. Um, so actually, I think the, the the story of it being poorly connected is historic. Um, mm-hmm. It was driven. We we acted uh, many years ago for a big industrial con- conglomerate had a had a big manufacturing base up here. And uh, and the reason why they thought it was badly connected is because the one place where you got the traffic jam, which was at a place called Elvedon, half well, halfway along the A11, is where there was no mobile phone signal. Um, so <laughs> we, so when you're stuck in a traffic jam, uh, we'll do it now. You you sort of catch up on your uh, on your calls um well obviously you couldn't then because there was no signal there well that the all these things are resolved um you know there's a very good road link to cambridge and beyond um down to london and over to the east midlands uh and there are further road improvements that are, are coming their way coupled with that we've got an international airport i know air, air flight isn't the um, most popular thing at the moment um but there are a number of flights per day to schiphol and hence in amsterdam and hence further afield uh, as well as a number of UK and other Europe destinations from there. And uh, there is a new port, well, it's relatively new, it's a few years old now, um, that's constructed at Great Yarmouth as well. So the connectivity up here is a lot better than um, people who haven't been here for a while will, will remember. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, moving on to offices then. Uh, your biggest office deal, it was 10,500 square feet at Prospect House in central Norwich. Um, can you talk us through that one? Yeah, uh, Prospect House was the building uh, we acquired. It was the it was the headquarters, still is the headquarters of the regional newspaper group Archant, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we we acted for a for a client uh, to acquire the freehold of that. They've moved their business into two of the floors, uh, and then we have been identifying surplus space to to let there, and we secured a letting to uh, a firm of business recovery uh, agents or accountants, um, and they've relocated from from nearby, and. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a now very popular multi-let uh, office uh, landmark office building in the middle of Norwich. Okay, um, and are you guys as a company now back to working in the office full time? Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of of working back in the office. You know, where whilst um yeah you know, the beginning of the pandemic, like a lot of people, working from home was a great novelty, and I thought, oh, actually, I live in a really nice place. Um, but after you you know after a couple of months of um of, of seeing the dog every day all day um and and other matters and having to make your own coffees etc uh, it it wears thin um plus the fact when you've got um yeah, daughters working from home as well um you know the no, the novelty wore off although the you know the the experience was good but no very keen to get back into the office for a number of reasons um in the teams at Arnold's Keys we we work collaboratively uh, so it's very very important to to get together and whilst of course you can you know make a, a zoom call or a team's call to to discuss something it's the casual inquiries that don't happen uh, it's those coffee machine moments that, that that you miss out on um and i think 
largely for the younger generation, um, there's, there's a feeling of isolation, um, builds anxiety and things like that. Um, and it's a, you know, it's not good for people's mental health, in my view, uh, working from home. Uh, so we've got now got the majority of our our staff back we've introduced a, a more flexible working policy um, but you know certainly in commercial and uh, many of our other teams we encourage um, most of our people back there are certain divisions like um, you know sales progression in our in our residential estate agency that work very effectively uh, from home and our accounts department have um, uh, you know are largely from from working from home as well but there's always cover in the office so it's um you know we've we've developed a sort of hybrid system for various different people um and it and it seems to be working you know we're having some some good results and good uh, good feedback sure okay yeah i mean i think we've all realized <laughs> the offices are a lot more important than we thought they were maybe um what's demand been like since uh, restrictions have been eased what in in offices <clears throat> demand for offices yeah yeah, yeah. The i mean it, it, demand here is has has is kept up fairly well i mean obviously when the when the world went to hell in a handcart if i'm allowed to say that um at the beginning of the pandemic um it was a bit of panic mode and there were a few um you know sort of oh, what am i going to do about my vacant office building um but since that time there's an air of normality um come about people have realized the importance of of having people at work and and actually it's a lot of the younger people who are driving that demand to get people back into the office um and and you know that is that's having a knock-on effect to to demand there are a number of, of lettings and occupational sales we've also sold a building over ten and a half thousand square feet to um to an, to an italian offshore engineering company uh, looking for their own headquarters uh, and that's just indicative of of the type of um companies that want to come into norwich and the, and the wider area Sure. Okay. Um, now, um, neighbouring Cambridge here has got a famously flourishing technology sector, um, and there's a lot of talk at the moment about the Oxford Cambridge Arc. Um, do you think there's the potential to see that arc extended uh, eastwards into Norfolk, where presumably rents are cheaper and connectivity with Cambridge is still pretty good? Um, do you know, for sure. I mean, we'd, we'd be foolish to think that we can um, compete head to head in certain life sciences areas mm. with, with Cambridge, but but Norwich is a very, very strong area for, for plant plant-based bioscience. Uh, I think it's got the largest concentration of scientists, uh, whether that's worldwide or certainly countrywide, um, based at the Norwich Research Park, um, which is a very, very important cluster for research and other scientific development. Um, there's definitely a spin-off. If you look along the a, what we call the A11 development corridor, uh, or, or tech corridor as it's sometimes known, um, there are a number of businesses going into there. There's a big focus on, uh, on encouraging that. Um, and, and and you know there are companies not necessarily coming out of Cambridge, but there are those who want to come into supply into the Cambridge area, mm. um, are looking to base themselves around there. Um, yeah, the 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 Oxford Cambridge Art is the one that's getting all the headlines and the and the pundits. But the A11 corridor is 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 a real cost effective option uh, where there are there are there are land and buildings with room to grow. Um, we're also noticing um, residentially that those towns along the A11 corridor uh, are extremely popular for residential where where, where house prices have, have risen healthily because they're commutable in two directions. Um, mm. You know, there are towns such as Wyndham, Thetford, Attleborough, uh, where it's a large, lot of, a large number of houses being <coughs> built. And, um, and, 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 you know, the half of them, or sorry, a chunk, I don't know, it's half, uh, are working in Cambridge and a chunk of working in, in, in Norwich and also the, the local areas because a lot of um, employment in those towns as well. So uh, there, that is certainly a growth area and that's one that we, we've targeted to expand into for sure. Oh, great. 
Good stuff. Okay. Um, what are some of the key development sites within the county that you think are kind of well poised for growth over the next 10 years or so? Um, that's, uh, I mean, I think the A11 corridor is, is mm -hmm. probably the key one for, for commercial development. Um, those towns, there's, a, there's big allocations. There's another 5,000 homes going into Attleboro, for instance. Uh, Wyndham is expanding enormously. Many of the villages along there are as well. But in, employment-wise, I would say that Attleboro and Thetford are two that are, are targeted for big growth. There is also potential to grow at Wyndham, which is it's only six miles outside Norwich. So that's sort of viewed as the, the sort of greater Norwich uh, area. Um, so, so those are very important areas. There will also be continued development uh, on the west side of, of, uh, of the city at Longwater, uh, which is now an established business park, and also the Food Enterprise Park, uh, a few miles further, further west of there. And then going east, um, Broadland Business Park has still got room to grow, uh, and that's a major centre. There are one or two vacant offices there at the moment, um, but there's Broadland Gate development uh, adjacent, which is, um, has been pretty successful in getting up and running. Um, started by Jaguar Land Rover wanting a new dealership there, which they haven't actually built yet, but uh, <laughs> I think I think that'll come. And there's also there's a huge amount of development around the um, Broadland Northway, uh, which is colloquially known as the Norwich Northern Distributor Road, um, and there are a number of new development. Uh, opportunities there that are coming to the market. In fact, I'm acting for a client trying to try to buy a large chunk of one of them at the moment. Sure. Okay. Um, how much of an issue is uh, space availability? Because pretty much every agent I talk to say that's says that's a kind of a, a real issue, just the lack of land being made made available for commercial development. Um, for commercial sort of warehousing and industrial development, I don't think it's necessarily a question of the land being available. It's more a question of the rental levels have got to be mm. at such a level that justify development. Um, we're now, because the, the sort of the, the equilibrium of supply and demand in that sector has, has gone to such a way that it is now making sense to develop new. Um, but as I said, I've worked here a long, long time and, you know, rents that sort of were bubbling are at four pounds and then nudging to five pounds per square foot didn't justify any quantity of um, of new development. Um, we're now seeing eight pounds plus regularly achieved. And that is that's putting um, spec development and obviously pre-lets um, on the market. And there is, you know, the, the, the time is right um, because of still strong demand, very lack, you know, low supply of alternative buildings. Um, and it, uh, that's pushing development. And that's certainly the case in, in places like Great Yarmouth, um, which is, you know, 18 to 20 miles um, on, from Norwich, east of Norwich on the, on the coast. Uh, there's a, a, a real cluster of offshore engineering companies, which uh, had its boom in the 80s and onwards with uh, the oil and gas sector. But that's now transferring itself into renewable energy. Uh, and it's a major cluster. There are some world beating companies over there, many of whom are clamoring for, uh, for new and updated facilities. Sure. OK. Um, moving on to retail, then you've done about a dozen or so deals so far this year, um, all in Norwich itself. Um, is that indicative of how the sector's faring with, you know, cities holding up OK, but lower demand in the outlying towns and villages? Um, some of the outlying, some of the outlying towns have, have been very, very hard hit. But then there are other success stories. I mean, there's, there's for instance, there's a town called Holt in North Norfolk, uh, which has performed very well. It's got a huge number of sort of niche retailers. And 
it's a and it's a, a major sort of local destination or even regional destination um, for for retailing. But Norwich is the main retail centre for Norfolk. Um, yeah, it's High Street has been hard hit. Has as with all other uh, all other areas, a uh, number of large um, insolvencies have gone on, uh, which I you know I don't need to repeat. But we've had a good representation in this area from the likes of Debenhams and from Arcadia Group. Uh, so they they've disappeared, and there are one or two holes on the High Street. I think what's happening now is there's a major um, transfer looking at the experiential retail. There are certain people who are definitely getting it right, um, whether that be small niche or bigger operators. There's a local department store, Gerald's, um, have really focused themselves on getting the experience right. Um, there's a, a great offer, offering in in food and and you know f- food and drinks, as well as a you know traditional de- department store. Um, the lanes is an area where there are a lot of niche retailers who are completely and utterly focused on what their customers want and are making sure that they, their customers continue to come there. Um, I suppose most importantly, Norwich is still very much on the map. Um, recently, uh, Chantry Place, which is a large enclosed shopping centre, has announced that Hamleys, which is obviously a world famous toy store, uh, are coming to the city uh, and H&M Home have just announced their opening here. So there are some some big national names that are coming here as well as some some very successful uh, local retailers who are fleet of foot and, you know, react to, to the needs of their customers. There's a you talk about the experience that's offered. There's a company called Bullard's Gin, which has expanded here. They've opened a number of gin tasting, either concessions or shops. Uh, they've got two or three in Norwich. Uh, they've just opened in Westfield in, in West London uh, and in Covent Garden. So they're, they're sort of pushing out. It's a, a proper Norfolk export and, uh, you know, very well marketed. Great stuff. Good, good gin as well, by the way. <laughs> Take the recommendation. Okay. Um, I was actually in Norfolk on holiday um, earlier in the summer, and I've honestly never seen queues for fish and chip shops as long as the ones in Cromer. Um, is there a sense that those extra visitors you've been getting in um, are going to lead to a lasting improvement for the fortunes of you know the retail and leisure sectors in the county, or do you think this year is a bit of a one-off? Uh, I certainly don't think it's a one-off. I, I think the the because of the influx of visitors here. Hopefully, you had a good experience. You were you Did, obviously queued for, queued for either Mary Jane's or Number One, which are two very famous um, chippies in Cromer. I mean, Cromer, I think is yeah, that's a, a classic example. It was a place in the 1990s which was very overrun with with what was then DSS housing, um, mm. where a lot of hotels were converted into small bedsits to house you know to deal with the then then housing crisis since that time the sort of gentrification of of north norfolk has now hit cromer it's got a fantastic um period town center with some really interesting little streets and and offers uh and i think that 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 town is in for a very very rosy future which will have a knock on to the the retail it's not just holiday lets it's the retail offering as well uh there are some new concepts going in this one called the gangway for a, a wine bar and, and restaurant um and they you know they they're attracting um attracting you know visitors and loyal visitors and as long as the you know as long as the actually the pubs and restaurants you know as long as they do capitalize on it and serve there are there are rather too many uh uh, too many local or North Norfolk establishments that I don't believe have really capitalised on it. You know, the number of visitors has been very strong this year, and they're all people who I guess would like to come back in the future. But there's, for my liking, there's too many uh, too many pubs and restaurants aren't welcoming enough. It's difficult to to get reservations, um, and this is even post 
post um, pandemic, post lockdown. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's a crying shame, but I, I think that there will definitely be a legacy from from the increased number. I mean, the staycation was on the up anyway uh, and in, increasing in popularity. Uh, and that's going to continue. We're certainly noticing that through our um, Keys Holiday Cottages uh, business, which is based in in, um, in Sheringham. I mean, we've 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 got huge numbers of bookings for for next year already. There's 330 bookings in for 2023. Uh, sorry, 2022. Um, we've even got a handful in for the following year after that because people are concerned, want to make sure they get the very best properties uh, for the peak weeks. Great stuff. Okay. Um, now, um, one of the, I guess, positive aspects to come out of the pandemic um, <clears throat> is that employers started talking much more seriously about well-being. Um, and I think Norfolk must rank pretty highly in this regard because, you know, you've got a lovely countryside. Um, the lifestyle is more relaxed and, you know, people don't have to commute on a, with hundreds of other people on a, on a tube in the middle of a pandemic or whatever. Um, do you think we'll start to see companies choosing Norfolk as a place to locate purely on a well-being basis? Um, I think that that's one of a number of factors that would attract businesses up here. Um, you know, the improved connectivity, which we talked about, is a is a major driver. And actually, the change in workplace patterns. Um, I think Norwich and Norfolk will be a COVID winner um, because you know this sort of change. Uh, work style where you're able to do a weekly commute and work two days a week in the office three days from home uh, I mean we're ideally suited to the the city you know it's an, as I said an hour and 30 minutes by train to Norwich from London Liverpool Street um, well with that kind of kind of commute if you've only got to do it a couple of times a week um, will we'll, we'll fit in very well um, well-being is increasingly important and it's, it's not just the sort of the, the better fresh air and things up here but uh, I mean all the businesses have been affected by that I mean we, we've introduced um, uh, free availability to counselling um, because it's something in, in our business that we're noticing by you know largely what I was saying increased anxiety due to isolation um, that people if, if, you know we've we we sort of found that people were suffering so we've we've made this uh, facility available um we've got you know increased home working to allow you know better flexibility and things like that and, and people generally aren't aren't abusing it it's uh, it's working well there was a friend of mine who runs another business in norwich he said um this this uh, lady popped into the office with her two kids and uh, the managing director said ah oh, nice to see you um he and she said uh yeah i've just i've just popped in i'm on a day off well he looked into her diary and it said working from home <laughs> <laughs> so there it is i think that system is being abused in certain areas but yeah. um but yeah well-being is increasingly important it's something that most of the businesses we deal with have really taken to taken to heart um and you know if you'd asked me f three or four years ago whether we'd be in introducing access to um to counseling in the office for to improve people's well-being i you know i would have thought it would never ever affect a business like ours but this yeah it, it's been quite staggering how it's affected people Sure. OK. Um, now, North Norfolk, I think we've kind of touched on, it's becoming increasingly renowned for its kind of as a pocket of huge affluence um, with, you know, house prices going through the roof, etc. Um, does that tend to translate into demand for commercial property or do they tend to object to development on the doorstep? Um <laughs> that's a very good question. I mean, there, there, there are statistics <coughs> from economic growth that says, you know, for every four executive houses that are suitable for a family that will create x number of jobs i don't know the mm. exact statistic but i remember doing some work with um 
with Norwich City Council on their on their growth project some years ago, and I think GVA at the time were were the economic advisors, and they said no, if we you know for every four executive homes, it will create uh, something like fifteen or twenty jobs. Um, so actually, the more dare I say it, high rollers that come come and live here, there's an economic benefit because they're spending more in the in the cafes, the shops, etc. Um, but also they will you know increase the, the the supply chain of services into them and also you know there is a there there are businesses that will then move here on the back of that um norwich has always or norwich and norfolk have been successful actually from companies coming here and then when you ask them why are you bringing your warehouse to to norwich they said oh well i always holiday in the norfolk broads or <laughs> or or i you know i'd i've got a, a house in in bird market or something like that and, and and these sorts of things are our major drivers you know if we can attract people to the area they can see what we've got to offer and then the businesses will will follow and and, and relocate Sure. Okay. Um, now, um, compared to most counties, I'm guessing uh, commercial agents in Norfolk deal far more with agricultural or agriculture-related properties. Um, how much are those occupiers suffering the effects of labour shortages at the moment post-Brexit, and how important is it for the future of those occupiers that that gets fixed? Uh, very important. I mean, whilst we have dedicated commercial and agricultural teams, so mm-hmm. our commercial surveyors aren't daily dealing with, with with farmers who have different requirements and different understanding, and vice versa, the agricultural ones aren't either. Um, we do have very close ties between the departments, and shortage of labour for um, you know fruit picking, for instance, poultry processing is 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 actually a real problem. Uh, it's 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 a problem here and now, and that is that's driven by brexit and made worse by the pandemic um and you know something has got to change but linking that back to the tech corridor there's a lot of development in robotics in 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 agriculture um you know i i don't imagine you read the farmers weekly too often but uh but <laughs> I, I do and, and and the new developments in in um you know different weird and wonderful machinery there was something in farmers weekly the other day which is an automatic bale collector from a field so rather than having a man on a tractor loading bales constantly onto a trailer to get a, a load there was this automatic robot that drives around the field finds out where the bales are and picks them up um you know those sorts of things are, are very buck rogers in the 21st century mm-hmm. well we are in the 21st century and, and these things are now becoming a reality there's also you know there are things that, that that hoe crops and you know and it's purely robotic um and and obviously in food processing plants that's already going on um where there's a huge amount of automation you know food uh, fruit uh, processing will have color identifiers that go along and make sure the strawberries are ripe and the the ones that aren't um go into a different box or go into strawberry juice or something mm-hmm. um so the you know there, there's a big big variation we uh, there are in the various statistics that locally we um in norfolk there's 14 percent of the uk's potato market is grown in the county um so it's a significant player in that area and it isn't just you know, farmers on tractors growing these crops. It's all the follow-on, the processing, um, and we've got some, you know, some some big pro- food processing companies up here as well. Sure. Okay. Um, on a very much less serious note, um, I don't know whether you knew, but um, last month it marked 
30 years since um, Norfolk's most famous fictional son, uh, Alan Partridge, was first unveiled to the world. Um, <laughs> has he had a discernible impact, either positive or negative, in terms of how Norfolk's perceived by potential occupiers? And is it, is it a case of all publicity is good publicity? And, uh, uh, when you were asking the question, I was thinking, well, the phrase all publicity is good publicity <laughs> comes to mind. Uh, I mean, Alan Partridge was was fun. It was a funny programme, very entertaining. Yeah, it was a bit irritating um, that it, the, the that it showed um, particularly Nor- Norwich was radio. I think it was Radio Norwich, wasn't it? Or was that, was, was uh, the name North Norfolk Digital. I think he ended up. Oh, was it? In, oh, it was North <laughs> Norfolk Digital. Okay. And um, uh, I thought it was a positive thing. You know, it puts it mm. on the map, and and you know, the majority of the people, um, <clears throat> you know, who watch it and enjoy those programmes don't tend to tar a place with with the, with no. the brush of of the uh, you know perhaps a village idiot. So. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a positive thing. I thought you were, g- you were going to ask a question about whether the, the success in the premiership um, makes a difference to the prospects in the office market. Well, it puts it on the it pu- puts Norwich on the market, um, but uh, I think most local people actually prefer to go and watch a, a match in the championship where we're probably going to win uh, mm. rather than rather than watching a premiership match, which uh, it'll be nice to nick a win. Yeah, it must be a bit of a kind of a yo-yo experience being uh, following Norwich at the moment. <laughs> It is what Norwich City are the the only I think the only team in the uh, in the last decade to be promoted three times once by playoff winners once by champions and once by runners up um, and I think that's the first time that's, that that's ever happened uh, although I'm sure somebody like a Bolton Wanderers supporter will correct me <laughs> um, but, but yeah the, the the fortunes of the football um, here do, do affect the local economy it's the mm. it's the feel good factor and um, I mean I'm I'm sad enough and old enough to remember the days when we were. We finished third in the uh, in the Premiership and we're, we're top of the Premiership at Christmas. Um, well, that was a massive spring in the step. I remember doing a mail shot of some offices um, through through a lot of London agents. And one of them actually took the time to to write back and say, yeah, I'm sure that that uh, being top of the Premiership makes a pound a square foot difference to the offices. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's as measurable as that, but it can't do any help. No, it would be interesting if someone did actually do a study on that. Uh, but anyway, um, just finally yeah, then. Um, you have too much time on your hands. You want to study yeah. things like that. <laughs> uh, just finally, um, you're um, obviously pretty, a pretty active user of Radius. Um, and my colleagues have informed me that um, you're among the very best in terms of quality and timeliness of the data you supply. So golden star yeah. for that. Um, but how have you... Heidi Collis, my colleague who updates it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask, how have you incorporated it into your workflow and what do you get back from it? Um, EGI radius, it's a bit, and there's an element of it, it's a bragging tool, um, but this morning I was phoned up by a surveyor who uh, wanted some more background to to an office letting we'd done because she was carrying out a valuation of a a building in Norwich. we obviously don't like to reveal all of our secrets because your comment about Norfolk is is um, is blessed to be um, you know dominated by strong local players, which is is the case. So we give all our secrets away outside the area. Um, it doesn't necessarily help us, um, but it's important for investors and and you know people and funds who need their their buildings valued to to engage with the local market where the you know the evidence is stronger here. So we we view Radius as a as a sort of a, a tip of the iceberg to to entice people to come and talk to us, um, and it's a bit like going along the seafront when you or, or along a, a rocky beach, you turn the stones over and see what's underneath them. Well, you know, the more people that phone us and engage in the local property market, um, we've got then got the opportunity of finding out whether it's an opportunity or whether it's somebody just doing a, a quarterly um, fund valuation um, when nothing's ever going to come of it. But you know, we're, we're we're reasonably helpful to all. <laughs> 
Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Well, on that happy note, I think we'll bring things to a close. Thank you very much for your time. Jim, nice talking to you. Thank you.